You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. On today's episode, we are going to do something that I haven't done in a while. In the past few months, we've been doing interviews with all sorts of very interesting guests and coaches and people who have a lot of great and practical things to say to help you with your journey on becoming more attractive and meeting women and confidence. But I really wanted to step back for a second and go into some of the questions. I know people have been emailing in their questions and there's a bunch here and I want to get to them. I know people have also left voicemails on the actual How to Talk to Girls podcast hotline, which is 323-432-0025. And if you want, you can also call in, leave a voicemail. I will put it here on the podcast like I'm going to do today. So I'm really excited to be able to answer some of your questions and just dive into some of the things where it's just you and me today. And it's going to be awesome. So any updates on my end? I just wanted to see if there's anything here. Well, you know, I think that at this point, Summer is starting to to peak, you know. It's a and it's about to get over the peak and start to to come down. And we're going to be working our way into fall here. And I think what's interesting too is when I work with coaching clients, I say this is that right now is one of the best times to go out and meet women and go on dates because it's nice out. Of course, I know that because of the world circumstances happening here with all the COVID stuff that uh, it's making a little a little bit harder, but still better now than in the winter. However, sometimes I argue with myself and I go, you know what? The winter is also a great time to meet women just in a different way. Winter is a little bit harder to meet women out and about, but women who are single are very lonely. And even men who are single in the wintertime are very lonely because you're not out and about. You're all cooped up in the home. Of course, depending on where you live, a lot of the Southern states are still pretty warm, but you know most of United States and Canada and other countries are are pretty cold in the wintertime. And, you know, during that time, people really tend to want and crave a cuddle buddy, a sex buddy, someone to talk to. And I feel like loneliness seems to spike in those times. So it's kind of like pros and cons here in terms of when it's good to be able to, you know, really make the move and, and go out and meet women. I still think though, if I had to pick, the warmer months are clearly better because there's just more opportunity to meet people. Because when it's the wintertime, it's only online. People don't go out as much. Of course, yes, you can still go to the bars. People do go out and people are walking around and just not as heavy as the summertime. So I know I have people listening from all over the world. And so right now it's winter somewhere and it's summer somewhere. But you know, just bringing this up to the people who mostly listen from the countries who are now it's summertime. And I just wanted to, to let you know about that and talk about that a little bit. So Let's get into some questions here and see what we can do. We're talking about a big question, which is sexual frustration. And this comes from someone who sounds familiar. The name sounds so familiar. I think that they've emailed in before. I'm not sure. I will admit that this did come from oh, not too, too long ago. This is from last month. So June 12th from a, a man named Mattia in Switzerland. He says, hey, Trip." I hope you're doing well. My name is Mattia. I'm 20 from Switzerland and regularly listen to your podcast. My personal situation is about sexual frustration. I get stressed out and I'm not dealing well. For me, the difficulty is I have little experience, sex only a few times, and they weren't very positive. Couldn't enjoy myself, constantly thinking, feeling distant, 
It's been almost a year since I had sex, and that's a stress factor. There's always some kind of pressure on men about this, especially when you're young. Men get the feeling that they need to be the driving force towards sex. And if you're sexually frustrated, it's because you're not pushing enough. That's the message you get, and it's not helpful. I'm working on myself, reading, writing, meditating, listening to podcasts, and have found this to be helpful in order to transform. Perhaps this is why I feel more attracted to girls who are a few years older. My questions for you are, how should men deal with sexual frustration? What mindset would you use? What comes first, the good experience or the good mindset? Is it a bad idea for a young 20 and inexperienced guy to go for older girls, like up to five years older? Thanks for reading this personal text. I hope you find this topic interesting. Well, I do, Matia, or Matia, however you pronounce it. And that's the reason why I'm bringing it up on today's episode, talking about sexual frustration. I know that a lot of guys go through this, and you don't have to be 20 years old to go through sexual frustration. I've had clients that have reached out to me that have been in their late 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s who have said to me, and the reason why they do coaching is because they're sexually frustrated and they don't want to be lonely anymore and they don't want to always be masturbating all the time and they want to feel connection. And by the way, trust me, if anyone gets it, I get it. There was a period of time before I learned about how to get better with women that I was very sexually frustrated. It was very tough for me. I felt lonely all the time. I felt like the only sex I could get was with my own hand. You know, like this was this was a very real thing for me. And while I didn't have methods or practices specifically in my head that dealt with sexual frustration at that time, looking back at what I did do, some of the things I did do to get better with women did eventually help with sexual frustration. So I want to dive into this here. So what you have to understand first is that sexual frustration to me is coming from a person who's outcome dependent. Okay. So that means that they are specifically only getting into the dating scene, listening to this podcast, watching my YouTube channel, you know, getting into all this advice or pickup advice for the sole reason so they can have sex as soon as possible. And I get it. Society really, really rewards men for having sex. It's cool to have sex with lots of women and be in the double digits and the triple digits of women that you've slept with. And it's really positive, rewarding for that. And so if you're not having sex with a lot of women, it doesn't seem cool, doesn't seem cool you know, to you because of what you've seen in Hollywood and the movies and your friends and the way that people talk about it. So I get it. Here's what you have to understand is that first off, everyone's on their own path, okay? For every person who's had sex with you know, 10 women by the time that they were 21 or even 30 women by the time they were 21, I'll name you a, a bunch of people who've had sex with one or zero people and they're in their 30s and 40s. So a lot of sexual frustration is due to, like I said, first, outcome dependence. You're just focused on the outcome. And two, comparing yourself to other people. Okay, So outcome dependence, meaning you're only solely focused on getting sex, and that's it. Well, if you're meditating, you should know that meditating, there is no... It's not about the outcome, right? Meditating is all about being in the present moment and relaxing in the present moment. And so I need you to look at this process. If you want a mindset to use, you need to look at this process not as a journey to an end result, do I need to have sex as fast as possible, but to get better with women in general and know that it's going to come. No pun intended. But also understand that, yes, yes, you are going to have a couple of weird sexual experiences in the beginning because you're new. Like imagine if I, I always use the analogy, I like sports analogies because we're kind of talking about skills here. So imagine 
you've never played basketball in your life. And I handed you a basketball and I said, dribble and shoot. It'd be very awkward for you. You'd be kind of hitting the ball a little bit, trying to dribble it, bounce it on the court. Shooting would be really strange. You're popping this big ball into a hoop. It'd be all kind of awkward for you. Naturally, because you've never done it before. So that's going to happen. That's why you can't be outcome dependent, you know, like building towards like, okay, I'm going to have sex and it's going to be awesome. And and right away, once I get the sex, the sex is going to be awesome. Having sex is going to be awesome. It's all going to be awesome. And this is going to screw you up. In fact, it's funny because if you focus, the more you focus it on that way, the worse off it's going to be. The worse off it's going to be. And it's going to it's going to really just completely mess you up when you finally are in the situation where you are having sex. Okay. So yes, I understand, Matia, you are feeling pressure about this, but don't worry. You're on your own journey. Don't worry about what the media is telling you. Don't worry about what your friends are telling you, what you see. Don't believe everything that you see and hear. Just focus on you. Okay. Because we tend to only focus on people who are doing things better than us. And yet there's so many people who we're ahead of. And by the way, both don't matter. So I'm not saying like, oh, look at all the people who have never had sex and you've at least had sex a couple of times. Like, no, then you're still in the comparing game and you'll always be comparing. So get that completely out of your head. You're on your own journey. And I want you to just focus on going through this process that I've been teaching you about on this podcast, which is getting the leads from online, getting the leads from in-person, having a good time learning about women, learning about yourself through this process, because you're going to learn about who you are as you go through this, because you're going to have some times where it's going to be tough and you're really going to be challenging yourself. So you're going to have this new relationship with yourself because you're doing something that's hard, i.e. getting sexually frustrated because you're going out maybe and you're attempting this, but nothing's happening, right? And you're asking what comes first, the good experience, or the good mindset, absolutely the good mindset that has to come first. That has to be the first and only thing before anything happens. Don't focus on the good experience. I'm, I'm going to give you another kind of example. Let's take it back a notch. Let's talk about approaching women for a second. Okay, approaching women. So in terms of approaching women, everyone is always looking for this really good reaction. Okay, so when I'm dealing with coaching clients, they're always like looking for this reaction from a girl. They just want the positive reaction. And again, I empathize. I get it. No one wants to approach a girl and have a girl look at them like they're disgusting, right? Going and approaching a girl and she looks at you like, Ugh, who is this guy? That doesn't feel so good. It's understandable. But the reason why it's not feeling so good is because you're interpreting that as something that's bad. Now, on the other hand, you're also interpreting a positive response like her smiling at you or responding to you or giving your number as something that's good. What we need to do is we need to look at the the approach, and take out the meaning behind her reaction because that's outcome dependent. Take out the meaning of the end result. So you're going up to a woman, doesn't matter if she reacts negatively or positively. She might do both. She might, you know, you might do a, a, a bunch of approaches in one day and all bad. And the next day, all of a sudden it's weird. Like now all the girls are responding to you and, or maybe you go out during the day and she responds to you well, or at night, it's a little bit better. Like, There's all kinds of scenarios. But if you play the game of, I'm going to feel good when I get a positive reaction, it's ultimately a loss, okay? Because eventually you will lose because you're never going to get a positive reaction from every single girl that you ever approach. So what happens is the day that you get a bad reaction from a girl or a woman, okay, once you get that bad reaction, 
well, then you're going to feel like shit and it's going to knock you down. So you want to be in control. Right now, you're putting all the power in the reaction. And you, Mate, are putting all the power in a good sexual experience or a sexual experience in general. You've lost power. You're no longer in control. You are losing. So how do you win at the game? You take back the control. You go, I'm going to just go on this journey. It doesn't matter how they react to me during the approach. It doesn't matter how they react to me on the date. It doesn't matter how the sexual experience goes. Why? Because I'm enjoying the process and having a good time. What's most important, and by the way, we're all coming, this all comes down to insecurities and self-esteem. Most of this stuff does because if you had high self-esteem or very little insecurities, you wouldn't be asking this question because you wouldn't care. You would just be going through it knowing that, hey, I'm awesome. I'm the best. And even though it's frustrating, I'm just going to keep going with this and all is well. But one of the best ways to build self-esteem is by keeping the promises that you make to yourself. So how do you do that? Well, you go out, you do the approaches. You give it your best shot. Yes, you do push forward to having sex. A lot of guys will stop. They will. They don't want the rejection, so they won't actually move forward with the girl to have sex. Of course, you got to get consent from her, but at least get to the point where you are getting consent from her. Some guys aren't even making that happen. By the way, guilty over here. I had plenty of experiences in my early 20s where I was... I knew I could have slept with a woman or gone on a date with a woman, but I didn't make the move. And I lost out on the opportunity because I was scared of the rejection, because I was outcome dependent, because I was only focused on the reaction and not comfortable with myself. And to answer another question here, you said, is it a bad idea? So now let's move on from that. I hope, I hope that answers your question. And you're saying, is it a bad idea? Now this is a whole different topic. You're going, is it bad for a 20-year-old who's an experienced guy to go for older girls. No, just it's fine. Go for any girl you want as long as she's of the legal age of wherever you live. I know that in America, the legal age is 18. I believe that is pretty common. So just make sure you're doing that and go for any woman that you want. Here's the thing is that just understand that the more of the age difference between you and the girl, so whether you're 20 years older or she's 20 years older than you, the bigger the gap, the harder it's going to be to connect with this girl because you guys are in two different places in your life. Now, if you're just going for casual relationship and sex only and you have no interest in a relationship at all, that's totally fine. But understand that you're not going to connect with this woman as much, even though I know it's fun. Like, you know, you're, you might be listening to this and you're 40 years old and you're like, it'd be nice to date a 21 year old. You know what? You'd probably have fun sleeping with her, but you're not going to have that much fun with her. Maybe for like a few dates, but it's going to get old fast because you're more mature and you've had more experiences in your life. It's interesting. I'm 35 now, so I can speak to this, right? I'm not a 22-year-old who, who's just, this is all theory. Like I can speak to this. I've dated women younger than me. I've dated women older than me before. And I see in my own life, and I can only imagine this is for other people too, you know, because you always think like a lot of the experiences that you have, other people have too, is I can only imagine... I'm 35. I mean, dating someone who's more than about seven years younger than me, like that's the cutoff. And even that's, my current girlfriend now is about six, seven years. That's it. You know, if we broke up and it didn't work out between us, I would not go younger than that. If I wanted a relationship, it just wouldn't because I don't want someone who's in a different part of their life. I don't want to relive and go through the, the problems and issues and the things that a 21-year-old or 24-year-old has to go through. Now, if I'm 27, it's different. You know, it's different. You just came out of that. So you connect more, right? 
But if I'm also 22 years old dating an older woman, that's fun for a little bit, but you're in two different places. And I did that for a while. I remember I was uh, 24. And I remember this because it was the inverse number. I was 24 and she was 42. And we, I don't I wouldn't call it dating. We didn't really go on a dates. So we slept together a few times. But we did kind of hang out a little bit. And I noticed pretty fast that it was fun, you know, dating this kind of cougar or whatever you want to call it. But we didn't connect. I'm in a whole different place in my life. And so is she. So it just wasn't as interesting. And I would say that for you too. So yeah, you can go for women five years older. I think that's fine. But you'll see. And by the way, if you don't believe me, test it out. Once you get really good at this and you start meeting women of all ages, you'll see. It's like not as interesting as you think when there's a big age gap up or down. Again, unless you're not looking for a relationship. But you know, it's still, we're not trying to... I wouldn't imagine you're just going to completely use a, a woman for for her body like she's a robot. Like You're still going to hang out with her and connect with her. Like It's still fun to hang out with another person, right? And it's just not going to be as interesting. So my, that's my thoughts on that. All right, so I hope that helps. Let's continue here. I got a voicemail from a guy who asks a very interesting question. And it's semi-related, not to the sexual frustration part, but a little bit to the age thing I was talking about here. Not completely 100% related, but just a little bit. Let's listen to this voicemail and then answer our friend's question here. Hey, Trip, Love the podcast. I was wondering how you would go about finding a girl or where you would go about finding a girl who is smart. I constantly find myself finding girls that just have no substance. I mean, they're pretty, uh, they're attractive people. They have tons of social proof. People think that they're these great girls to get with. And I start talking to them and they don't know the first thing about, I mean, they don't even know, uh, you know, who Mr. Rogers is or like any, any celebrities that don't understand concepts. They don't want to have like a smart conversation. So where, where would you recommend going to meet these girls? or how you would go about meeting these girls. Thanks a lot, man. This is an interesting question. Where do you find a girl who is smart? Well, here's the thing. You know, it's not like I can give you an answer in terms of, well, go to the library, right? A very obvious answer, something like that. Someone might say, well, don't go to clubs because there's no smart girls at clubs. Well, that's not necessarily true, actually. You know, you might think that, you might think that that might seem like the the idea here, but that's not necessarily true. So here's the first thing. And again, remember I was saying this is kind of related to, to age stuff. If you're meeting a girl who's like doesn't know certain things about pop culture, it might be because they're too young. So really look at that. Is it because they're not smart or is it because they're too young? You know, it's perfectly normal. You know, like I have my parents, they'll say, like, wait, you don't know who blah 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 is? And I'm like, I have no idea what that is. And it's just something from their specific generation that's very specific to them. And it's not because I'm not smart. At least I don't, I don't, I think I'm pretty smart, right? It's just that I don't know because we're in total different age gaps here or big age gap, different generations. So keep that in mind. Is it that they're not smart or is it that they're significantly younger? So that's the first thing. But here's, I get what you're saying. And I'm not going to just give you an answer that says, well, yeah. You know, just figure it out. There's smart girls everywhere. But part of my answer will be that. Okay, so first part is you do want to still just go out and meet a lot of women. One of the reasons why you're probably thinking that is because you're not meeting enough women. 
guys think they're meeting enough women, but in reality, they're not. They're only meeting a girl here and there. And, you know, maybe three to five girls a month or they're going on like a date a month or a couple dates, you know, a month or whatever it is. And so you just have a very small sample size. So that's one way to fix this is put yourself in front of more women. Yes, even if it's at a club or somewhere where you might not think you would find a smart girl and only a superficial girl. You know, put yourself in front of lots of places, not just clubs, but lots and lots and lots of places so you can get a lot of people and women that you can talk to. Okay. So that's the first part of the answer because you just don't know where they're hiding. Okay. But also, you might want to consider meeting women through certain hobbies. You might want to think about certain hobbies. So, what are some hobbies? that you can get into or social hobbies where you can meet women who are not going to be necessarily into like a club scene or a party scene. You know, not a lot of women I feel, and this is a generalization, but a lot of those women who go out every single weekend and are partying and all those things don't usually get themselves involved in different hobbies like sailing or I don't know, some sort of class or cooking class. I don't think those two generally mix. Of course, there's exceptions, but you might want to get yourself into more of those types of hobbies or skills or things like that, meetups on meetup.com or wherever you can go to, to find different meetups regarding culture, that's where you might find a woman who's going to be a little bit more, I would say, cerebral. You know, I think someone who's a little bit more well-rounded. So try thinking of events. And I know that's not easy right now because of the status of the world. But whatever you can do to go to some cultural events and things like that, where you have an opportunity to meet a woman who's interested in things like that beyond going clubbing. So it's kind of both, right? Meet women everywhere, but just put a little bit more emphasis on meeting women in those kinds of cultural meetups or some sort of hobby meetups and things like that. So that's what I would do. So let's keep this going. I got another voicemail that is very interesting, a very specific question. It's about the idea of dating a girl and her parents not being so fond of you. And I like this question. That's why I picked it out. So we're going to listen to that here in just a second. Just a reminder to you who's listening, if you have ever thought about doing some coaching, or I should just say in general, if you've ever thought about trying to get help in this area, where you're not just listening to podcasts and you're not just sitting here doing it all on your own and you're just listening and watching YouTube videos and you need a little bit more of a boost, I'd recommend looking into coaching or at least having a call with me regarding coaching to see if it could be helpful for you so you can get this part of your life sped up and you can figure out this for sure and also solve this problem in a very, very timely fashion because that's what coaching is. We're here to speed up the process. So if you have any interest in doing some coaching with me one-on-one, you can apply at coachedbytrip.com. There's a link in the show notes or just go to the URL, coachedbytrip.com. Pretty easy to remember and apply and you and I can work together. I know a lot of guys who I've been talking to have come from the podcast and they really enjoy the podcast, but they just want to take things to the next level and get there 100%. That's what coaching is all about. Now, for any of you who you're just not ready yet for coaching, like it seems like a big commitment, right? It's like, whoa, jumping into this and and doing calls with me and going ahead first into this and you want to slow it down. So you actually are looking for a slower process, but a little bit faster than just listening to some podcasts. Check out my Hooked program. 
It's at getherhooked.com. So that is basically a whole course that you still get if you join coaching. Because if you join coaching, you get access to all of my materials. But you're going to get access to Hooked if you go to getherhooked.com. And if you get that course, you're going to learn every step of the way in terms of attraction and how to meet women, how to get over your anxiety, how to flirt with women, specifically how to talk to girls and in a way that's going to get them interested in you. So if you want to take it a little bit slower, but faster than the podcast, go to getherhook.com and check out that course. And if you want to go even faster, the fastest way is coaching. So all kinds of options available to you. Just want to remind you of that. All right, let's get into the next voicemail here. Hey, Trip. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and leave my name out just for uh, you know personal reasons. Uh, but my question is uh, regarding Tiger Moms. I dated a girl for about uh, five, six years, and her parents uh, hate me. I think it's strictly just based off race. Um, I mean, I'm white. She's Asian. Um, I think her parents, you know, kind of want her to be with an Asian guy, which really sucks because, you know, we had this awesome relationship. It was very fun. And, you know, I felt like we were both happy. Uh, But unfortunately, our relationship kind of ended. And it all came down to just things that her mom was, you know, doing. Uh, her mom was kind of forcing her to see some Asian guy and hang out with him uh, that, you know, she wasn't really interested in. Uh, and, you know, she she wouldn't move out. Uh, I'm, I'm 23. She's 23. And uh, I just really, I guess I just need some validation that breaking up was the right thing. It really feels like we broke up uh, just because her mom just didn't want us to be together. And I guess maybe that's a, a deal breaker for her, but it really all just came down to the fact that she just wanted, you know, move out. And uh, I guess I kind of got tired of waiting on her. You know, I didn't want to be in the same position five years from now, uh, you know, and and have not grown or, or gone, gone anywhere. So, I guess my question is, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with uh, girls? You know, you're dating a girl and her parents just don't like you. I mean, you know, how do you even deal with that? Thanks, Trip. Appreciate it. All right. Here's what I have to say about this. First of all, you dodged a bullet. 100% you dodged a bullet. If you're in a situation where you break up because the parents have such strong feelings about who you are and so strong that it affects their child in a way where they want to break up with you, I mean, this was not going to work out. I mean, listen, it sucks. You're going to mourn the loss. It's kind of a crappy situation. You know, you don't want it. It was just kind of bad luck. You found a girl you really liked and her parents just don't like you. Here's the good news though. So first part one of the good news is you dodged a bullet. This was not going to be a good relationship if the parents hate you or don't approve of you. But the good news is that's so rare. And I know this. I've dated many women. I've had many relationships. You have to be a pretty crappy person to for the parents not to like you. And I just assume just the guys who listen to this podcast, you who's listening to this podcast right now are not that guy. I just have this gut feeling that the parents are going to like you. Obviously, this might have been a different situation. This is a, an exception. For you, who remained anonymous, the parents didn't want her daughter to 
date outside of their race and culture. I'm just assuming that because that's what you said. You know, so that's not because of you. That's just kind of bad luck. I just don't think you're going to find that again. You sound like a good dude. I, I'd assume you were. You want to win the parents over. Just treat the girl that you're dating awesome and just make a good impression. And making a good impression is easy with the parents. You be polite. You be nice. You ask them questions. You show interest in them. You know, whenever I've heard a complaint ever in, in you know, talking to just older people, my parents, friends, and things like that, or anyone who's never liked a person that their daughter has brought home or even that their son has brought home, do you know what it is? I'll tell you what the common thing I found is that they, when they're like, oh, I don't, I, I don't really love that person or I don't really like my, who my son is dating or who my daughter is dating. It's always usually the same thing, which is that they meet them and the girlfriend or boyfriend doesn't really show interest. Like they're kind of shy and reserved. Like they're just quiet. And I get it. It's a very, can be a very nerve wracking experience because you're meeting the parents for the first time, but this is your time to step up. It's not that hard. It just, you put a smile on your face, you engage with the parents in a nice way. And boom, you made a good first impression. They're not looking for much. You know, they're not looking for much. I mean, even you might think, oh, they maybe they want, you know, someone who's a doctor. All that stuff's out of your hands, right? You're going to live the life that you want to lead. And all you have in control of is the way you're going to treat her parents, show that you care, show that you're interested in meeting them. That's always the thing that screws it up, where the boyfriend or girlfriend has like a weird, bad attitude and just doesn't seem like they want to be there. I mean, think about it, right? Imagine this. Imagine you're a dad for a second and your daughter brings home her boyfriend or a guy she's dating. What are you going to want out of him? You're not going to want someone who thinks he's too cool for school and barely engages you. And like, you're not going to trust that person. But you also don't want to suck up too, because that seems like a little like overkill. So you want someone who is going to be just nice, polite, engaging, talking to you, giving you eye contact, just a nice, normal conversation. That's it. I'm telling you, that's it. As long as you do that, the parents are going to approve of you. Okay. The parents are 100% going to approve of you. So, that's what you need to know for next time. I'm sorry that this happened to you. It sucks. I can empathize. You know, it's uh, it's not a fun situation when you really like a girl and you don't have any control, but you don't have any control over it. And the things you don't have control of, you just got to let go. And that's it. I think that's a little bit of a theme of, of this episode. We've been talking about that, the whole idea of just focus on what you can control and not what you can't control. So... That's the big idea here. I hope that helped. Thanks, Mattia or Mattia, however you pronounce your name, for writing in. Thank you to the two people who left a voicemail. You can do the same, 323-432-0025. Email me, trip at tripadvice.com. Put in the subject line, podcast question, and I will answer your question here on the podcast. Hope that helps. Don't forget, coaching is available to you at coachedbytrip.com. If you want to work with me one-on-one, if you don't want to take a step back, not commit so hard, and just go at your own pace through my online course, check out Hooked at getherhooked.com. Those are in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode.